There are so many amazing free plugins available for download right now to help you with your production and mixing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash plugins to download and get access to a bunch of free and premium plugins on Plugin Boutique. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. One, two, three. Hello, and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I am your host, DK, and with me, as always, is... Do we already use Jiffy Lou? Noah keeps no. saying Jiffy Lou. Yeah, I keep saying Noah putting Jiffy Lou, and Jiffy it just made me laugh earlier, so let's go with that. I think we already used that on a previous episode, but I, I, that's such a good nickname. All right, but you got you to gotta say it with the, with the Lou... Emphasis. Okay, okay, one more time. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host DK and with me as always is Jiffy Lou. <sighs> <laughs> Jiffy Lou. <laughs> did you no did, did you ever watch uh South Park now? No, okay. Well, basically there's an episode where Jesus gets his own episode. Like oh, on TV, yeah, I think I showed you the video I where he's like, South "Jesus Park, I... Christ!" <laughs> I haven't seen that. One. Uh, we're live on Twitch and on YouTube right now. Hello, Dallas Crane, and he says hi, DK and Jiffy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, but we're live right now on Twitch and on YouTube. Um, if you're listening to this podcast episode, come find us live. You can find the link to our Twitch channel if you go to mixingmusicpodcast.com and click on "Watch Us Live." We are live every Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We stay on live for a couple hours. Come join us. Follow, subscribe, blah, 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 whatever. All right. So we have a really good episode today, and I have a lot to talk about, and Lou has a lot of insight as well. And the Kinda. caffeine is starting to kick in, so you can tell that I'm speaking a little bit faster than I usually do. So uh, I'm actually opposite today. I'm caffeineless. <laughs> I actually haven't had caffeine I actually did like a caffeine fast for almost a week, so this is the first time in a little bit that I've had caffeine. Anyway. I think I need to do that this week because last week I think I drank an average of uh, two cups, uh, two 
double shot lattes a day? And I've only had, okay, I drank it all actually. I've only had a, I've had one 40 milligram caffeine worth of like a Pepsi can. So I, I have a Pepsi, so it's only 40 milligrams, technically 39 milligrams of caffeine. That's all I've had today. And that's usually more than enough for me. Anyway, uh, this podcast episode um, comes, it's, we're not really going to talk specifically about this question. I want to talk about some of my answers and the benefits about this. We're going to get on a lot of talent tangents, but I think that there's a lot of bits and pieces that everybody's going to be able to partake. As as um, other hosts on a different podcast says, we're going to provide a buffet of information and you can come to the table and pick and choose what you want to take and apply to yourself. That but sounds here's, delicious. Because <laughs> it is. Here's a buffet of information. The, I want to shout out my boy here uh, who DM'd me on Instagram uh, Michael Choi, uh, ya dot boy b o i underscore Choi. He says uh, in a couple different texts. Um, hey DK, I was curious if I could pick your brain to get about getting more recording work. How do I look around for recording work? Should I look to other studios? I'm having trouble finding consistent work. If this, uh, if at the studio I'm working at, um, may not be doing okay. I appreciate you taking the time to answer my question. Um, and then I ask some more questions. And, and then he said again, Hey, thank you, man. I was curious how to get more recording sessions in my position. I'm an assistant engineer at blank recording studios, anonymous. I'm going to keep it anonymous. there. recording studios looking to eventually mix for clients, but it's hard to find my own clients without word of mouth situations. And I asked specifically for tracking or mixing, which is different. And then I video called him and we had a good, nice long, hour long conversation. So shout out to Michael Choi. And it wasn't an hour long. It was like 20, 30 minutes, but I gave him some homework. I'm hoping that he's supposed to reply to me and, and, uh, uh, send me a text of five different ideas that he took away from our conversation. But anyway, let's find out if he actually does that. No pressure, Michael Choi. Although this episode is going to come out like three weeks after your homework was due. So <laughs> you're like way, way behind Michael. There you go. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to expand on that on different value points of an engineer and how do you get more clients through word of mouth? Um, and the various different aspects. And I th we've touched on this multiple, 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 multiple times. But there's some things that I thought about out loud during my conversation with him. And I specifically want to talk a little bit about my own personal success, which is wildly different than lose success, which is wildly different than, for example, someone like Manny or, or TZO or some other up-and-coming engineer um, versus some cats in Nashville. Like very wildly broad areas of success here. So um, we were talking about how to get more clients as a mixer or as a tracking engineer. Um, and it's funny, he says he works about 20 to 24 hours relatively consistently at the studio as an assistant. So he's not necessarily running the board, but he's setting it up. He's, he's doing assistant work, um, whatever that means. And that's typically room prep. Yeah. Yeah. Helping the engineers kind of patch things in, run the console. Usually, if, if you're lucky, you're in the room. If not, you know, you're outside the room. Yeah. Uh, so we're, uh, so we were talking about that and I had a few thoughts and, and this is where I want to start the conversation. At some point during our conversation, he said to me, I need to figure out how to reach out to more people. I'm going to repeat that because a lot of people think about this. A lot of people say this, and I'm sure that both of us have thought this before. How do I reach out to more people? And then immediately after that, well, after some questions, I said to him, I think it's time to change that mindset because th this is one of the secrets here is not how do you get to reach out to more people? It's rather, how do you get people to reach out to me? 
Mm-hmm. How do I open up my resources and, and create a pathway that people can see that they can reach out to me? And this is really interesting. So today's topic is, is not so much the traditional business industry route, uh, industry route, which is usually you get mentored by becoming a runner or an assistant and assisting under someone. They teach you all their tips and tricks and you get better. And then they give you some clients over time and it kind of trickles over and you kind of start your own brand. That's a traditional way, like kind of this squire to a knight kind of mentorship program. Um, but I myself, which is a little bit similar but different from you, because um, I think you're in between, right? Where I've never in- interned for anybody. I've never assisted for anybody. And I have a couple cool credits, like a few cool credits. But I'm also not, people don't hire me because of huge credits that I have. I know, like typically. to live on the edge. You know, <laughs> they, so, so, but somehow, I have been able to make a living in a career and do well, relatively well, um, without any of these things that the traditional route values so much. Values things like credits and placements and uh, working under the another engineer that has a lot of clout or a lot of respect in the community. How have I been able to do that without? And I, and I think the point that I'm trying to make here is, is this thought. How do I get people to come to me? So one of the things, and I'm going to use me as an example. I don't think that I'm the best example. And I, I guarantee there are many people that I can even name that are doing far better than I am. Um, but I, I do think that I'm above the average here. Uh, what are some ways that you can get people to come to you? I think, first of all, you need to have some sort of a call to action. Like, for example, uh, if you're on Instagram, you need to somehow let people know that they can reach out to you to book you. Like, if you make, if, how do I know that you're even a mix engineer? You know what I'm saying? Like, let alone that you're accepting clients, let alone that you're looking for clients. And like, even if you think that you're posting stuff, making content, you're probably not. <laughs> like that's actually useful information of getting people to reach out to you. Now, I'm not saying you need to barrage people by saying, hey, reach out to me, reach out to me and, and promotion in your face promotion. I don't think that's it at all. I think it's more about opening the door rather than pushing people through. Like, I think a lot of people, like some people tend to try to push people through the sales door and and you've done a lot of sales. You know, that shit doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, When I was training sales teams, it's a lot of like, yo, don't be annoying. Like if you're annoying, they're not going to buy from, they're going to go find another salesperson. They're here to check in and check out. Yes. But you don't have to go so hard on it. They'll just find another, another salesperson who won't bother them. Or a different, in worst case, a different company. No, no, absolutely. But imagine that you are part of the company. You're in the music industry. If you don't have a boss, guess what? That means they will go to another company. So at the end of the day, if you're pushy and annoying and all that, they just won't work with you in the future. It's that simple. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of relationship to sales and what I'm talking about right now, which I guarantee that most of your clients, when you were working your sales job years ago, right, is oftentimes... All you told the client was, yes, we have that in stock and available, and that's all they needed to know before they put money in. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, ask closed-end questions unless you're ready to close the deal. Right? So I think that that's something. So people people just need to open their doors and make it obvious that, hey, I'm available. 
And now I do think that there's some PR issues here. If you just like greedy, not greedy, but if you're just constantly pushing, hey, I'm available, I'm available, then people will start to think, yo, is this dude never busy? <laughs> you know, like, was there a reason why nobody's booking him? That can become a red flag. So you want to be careful, but at the same time, like, you want to be open to it, right? Open to the idea, like, just showcasing people, hey, I might be available. So call to actions are incredibly important. So anyway, going back to this idea of how do we get people to find me? So another thing that's incredibly important, let's talk about another pillar of importance for traditional engineers is credits. And we had a really great camp, like a off recording, off podcast conversation about this, about where credits stand and why credits and customer base and quality of customer is incredibly important, but also why it might not be. And, and I think that it is important. I think this is a yin and yang thing, but I think one of the benefits that I have not built a brand braced on my clientele is the fact that when people come to me, they come to me for me. They come to me because I'm DK. They didn't come to me because I have a specific piece of equipment or I've worked with someone specific, which can be a red flag. I know you've experienced saying like, um, that you've had actually good experience with people coming to you because you worked with other people. And I think that that's definitely a case. Uh, what about the equipment thing? I, I think less or so with the equipment thing. People, people that come to you specifically yeah. because you have a specific piece of equipment is... Less or so unless it's very specific pieces. Ah, okay. Yeah, if, you, if it's somebody that's looking for you because you have a console, uh, they automatically assume that it's going to sound like gold. So whatever you do with that console, you're going to be like, oh, man. That's the sad part, though, because there's many engineers who have access to a console who just can't get a great mix anyways. And then the client leaves with whatever they got. But the funny thing is, it's not about, at the end of the day, what the sound of the mix was. It's the confidence that the client left with. And at the end of the day, that's what we're here to do. We're not here to make people feel insecure. You've said it yourself. Yeah. So if having a console makes them feel much more secure in your end result, and then, you know, it's not feasible. It's not fiscally responsible in any way, shape, or form. But if that's what works for your business, I applaud you. Yeah. And, and go back to this. So, okay. So building a brand, how do you build more? So we're talking about the non-traditional way of building your brand because it's not feasible for anybody listening right now, for everybody listening right now to find someone to mentor them, to be able to work and assist under a big studio or to train under a big studio. It's not feasible for everybody. At least not for an adult. Yeah, especially for an adult. Yeah, if you're 16 and you're listening to this and you go to high school and you don't pay bills, go intern. Go get a mentor. Go do something where they can put you on a fast track before you have to pay your own bills and build a family because you will have less opportunities. I'm not saying that it makes it impossible. I'm just saying that you have something that most people don't have in their adulthood, which is free time. (laughs) <laughs> and no bills. I can I can uh I can argue and say that adults have maybe not as much but definitely have a lot of free time as well. For things that you're very focused on and very feel passionately about. Yes, but when I was a kid, you know what I did with my free time? Go to Taco Bell and play video games. <laughs> I'm just saying I could have been I don't on know a, how much that that's I don't know. I did that the other day. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I still do it, but I do it consciously now versus like, what do you want to do today? I don't know. I want to play Monster Hunter. So um, anyway, going back to the topic here, uh, the good thing about what I'm talking about right now, the non-traditional, more modern way of thinking about it versus the traditional way of thinking about it is that you could do both side by side. Yeah. You can be working at a major studio or engineering or or uh, assisting or something just like Michael Choi was talking about and be building your personal brand at the same time. So building your personal brand is important. And in the sense that 
Uh, Gary Vee said that if you build up your personal brand, you will never, ever have to share a resume ever again because your personal brand is your resume. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. So um, on that note, again, some – sorry, I'm kind of like jumbling up my thoughts here. But I do think that it's valuable to create content and to find, open up the door and allow people to walk through the door on their own. I don't think you have to push things and say, because what I am saying, when I say, hey, come join our Discord, you can go to mixingmusicpodcast.com and join our Discord, is a great example of inviting people and opening the door, knowing that Discord exists. All I'm doing is allowing people to know that Discord exists. I'm not saying, join the Discord or else I'm not going to do this podcast anymore. Or, you know, like forcing people to join it. No, I'm not going to talk to you or respond to your DMs unless you're in my discord but i am saying hey i have this opportunity and it's a little bit different than self-promotion in the sense that you are giving them value right like if you follow me on tiktok or if you follow me on twitch you're gonna get value out of this it's gonna be good for you you want this you just didn't know that it existed yeah so that's like true. if you're a mixer and you offer that you may be a great mixer or does that part doesn't even matter probably you're a good mixer a good enough mixer but why would anybody hire you if they don't even know that you're offering that? Yes, I mix. So like one simple thing, practical thing that I used to do is whenever I post a picture, whether it's my family or anything like that on my Instagram, that I'd, I'd put a carousel. And so the next one would be, the next second image would be a simple image that says, go to dkmixes.com and ask me for a quote. Or go to Mixing Music Podcast, uh, look up Mixing Music Podcast on Spotify and listen to the podcast. Some sort of call to action because it was... It's, it's really low effort, and you're just letting people discover you. It's not something – you're not forcing people, and you're not cramming it down their throat, but it, you're just allowing people to dig deeper into you when they stalk you because they eventually will. And then yep. whenever I post content like reels and stuff, I'm, I'm giving them a reason to stalk me and to look into me and figure out what my projects are. At the very least, that's the bottom line, minimal amount thing that you should do is open the door. Yeah. Okay, so – so we're going to, sorry, let's, let's go into the client topic. Cause we had a really good conversation about that. Um, and, and I kind of fell off and talked about something else for a moment, but the client topic, um, this is, and I think that there's, we, we, we talked about this in relationship with also assistant engineers. So there's something, this is not always the case, but specifically for assistant engineers or uh, someone that assisted for another larger uh, engineer, a uh, much more renowned engineer. The number one complaint is some engineers are really sensitive about this, really sensitive about this. Like you don't, they don't want you to bring it up is once you assist for someone, you may have the credits, you might have the clientele, you may have the money, but they're, they will always be known as that person's assistant. Yeah. Dave Pensado's assistant, Manny Marikouin's assistant, this person's assistant. And, and that's actually great because at the end of the day, you're going to have better clientele. You're going to have more money. You're going to have more work because you were their assistant. But they're coming to you with different expectations. They're not coming to you because you are you. They're coming to you because you are this person's assistant. Yeah. And so the expectations are different. Why can't you? It might end up, it might be like, whoa, this sounds different than when you mixed it with this person, when I mix it with that person. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that that's going to be the case, but there is something different about that. Something that a lot of engineers find excruciatingly annoying. I feel like that's any industry because you will always be seen as the apprentice and never the master. And, and it takes years to get out of that. Yeah. And people, everybody always does. But I think the one of the great things about doing it the way where you're building your own brand, um, if you're alongside or at least by itself, is that that will never be an issue. Again, it comes down to, I think the most beautiful thing with my brand is that 
people hire me because I'm DK. Truly, there's no other reason. Why would you hire me unless you knew who I was? Yeah. And, and so it's, there's this like really cool, but anyway, um, I, I feel I, like again, that's also different a, ways to do that. I also feel like that's also a separation of type of client. Exactly. And then you were talking, so I do think though, is the clientele, the quality of clientele and your clientele history is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that you should rely heavily on that. Well, that's I don't what think I'm it's saying. an excuse. Yeah, but that's why I say there's a difference between a client and a customer all the time. It's two completely different things, and people always Ooh, talk think, about this. Yeah, yeah. People always think it's the same exact thing, but it's not. See, my client. If uh, let's let's put this back into a sales game kind of thing, right? You're you're in a company. You've got eight salespeople, and that client has been going to the store all the time to see you. That is your client. That is not your customer. A customer is somebody who walks through the door and says. I want somebody who knows about this, right? So a customer may say, I want Manny American's assistant because I can't afford Manny American, so I'm going to go for the knockoff because I can afford that. But they are not your client. They are your customer. They came here for a specific product. They didn't care about who they came to see. Now, a client is there because of the salesperson because you can buy that product on Amazon. You can buy it at Guitar Center. You can buy it at Sam Ash. It really doesn't give one fuck about who they get it from. But they chose to get it from you. That's actually, this is actually a That's really good the insight. difference. That's why I keep saying credits matter. They do. Equipment matters. They do. Because they will help you open the door. But it will not keep you in that door. It will help attract the client to your location, to your business, to your whatever. But it is not on the credits or on your equipment uh, responsibility to keep the client there. Mm. Your client will be your client as long as you do right by your client. Give them the end result thereafter. But most people are looking for more customers when they should be looking for more clients. That's actually, a, I really love that insight. Okay, so let me break it down again. A customer is someone who just needs a product and doesn't care who does it. Exactly. A client is someone, like for example, I am my barber's client. Exactly, because you're not going to another barber. You don't trust another barber. You trust your barber. And my clientele is clientele of clients. I don't really have customers. I have clients. Exactly. That this is actually wow. This is I think this is super insightful and I think that we could go on into this. I do think credits is great for customers bringing but in not customers, for clients. But not for clients. Why, okay, this is actually a really great way of differentiating. This is a really great way of differentiating. Okay, we're thinking out loud. We're kind of getting things right. Okay, so so now we're going to go deeper into this. Um, we talked a little bit about equipment. Um, so what are the ways that you find clients? Okay, now that we've differentiated trust. between that. Okay, so we know, yes, we've talked about this before. Say that again. Trust. It's trust. So they need to trust you. Just like with my barber, there's probably another barber that charges less that does even a better job for less amount of money with potentially better equip, better shears or whatever the heck he's using. I don't know what they're called. I'm not a barber. <laughs> I know it's not shears, right? The clippers. Uh, but <laughs> I, I like the I like how you were about to say equipment too, though. Yeah, <laughs> <you know. laughs> but uh, but at the end of the day, the reason why I go to my barber is because I trust him, and I think it's the same way with mixers, specifically with mixers. I think recording is more of a customer based thing rather than a client based thing. I think there's some clients in recording, but I think it's mostly customers, especially compared to mixing, which is almost all clientele rather than customer tell. Oh, <laughs> list of customers, you know. Yeah. But um, uh, uh, going into that, how do you how do you practically 
build trust scalably to the point where people come to you rather than you reaching out to them. Because I've never been able to, it's very difficult, it's much more difficult to go to someone and offer them value in order to build trust rather than they found trust somewhere else. Like for example, listening to the podcast. Like I think it's silly that there's people right now, well, to a certain degree, let's, I mean, there's a reason behind this, but if we're subjectively speaking, I think it's silly that people are listening to the podcast and listening to us rant. And yes, we have good advice, but who are we to listen to? Do we? Like who, who are we? Like, why do people listen? It's because we've given you value. And, and there are people out there right now that are listening right now that have trusted us enough to give us money to do something on their behalf. We are, if we didn't make this podcast, if we didn't have YouTube channels, if we didn't make any content, we are nobodies. And, and I'm not saying, well, not in a bad way, but like, why would anybody come to us? How would anybody discover us? How would anybody trust us? If we didn't make content. So that's where the traditional route does make sense. Because at the end of the day, we were talking about how to grow our clientele and customer base, right? We're trying to reach out to more customers in the hopes of more clients. The traditional route actually does offer something because of those credits, which is you get in the room with certain people and those people will learn to trust you if you do a good job. We talked about how to build trust. Um for me, that's always been consistency, honesty, and, you know, end result. That's usually the main three things that people are looking for. They're looking for you to meet your deadline. They're looking for you to do a good job and have minimal amount of revisions if possible. And that when you agree to do something, you actually do it. Whether that's, oh, you told me you were going to tune the vocals. Yeah, but all you did was slap auto-tune on it. I didn't want auto-tune. I just wanted a few notes corrected, you know. Building trust over time in the traditional sense will put you in the room with people who actually have more of a say in certain projects, in certain rooms with certain people, certain executives. And because of that, you can grow significantly faster and find a clientele base that actually has more influence. Now, do you want to spend a year scrubbing my toilets doing that? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't even want to do that. And this is where I would just quickly say me as an intern – I lasted the longest three months. You know, it's funny. I just made a client out of the people that I used to intern for. Mm. And they're a label. Yeah, I think it's actually, that's a really good point. You come, you went and offered so much value, even as an intern, that they, they the people years that you were later, interning under became clients years later. Yeah. It developed into a client relationship. So Because of how much value you gave them, they trusted you. Not only that, but in part of the conversation, because um, I know they'll eventually hear this, you know, I let them know about the podcast and all that. And the funny thing is, they told me that they already knew about it. <laughs> they already knew about the podcast. They saw the studio. They saw all the updates and they were actually impressed with the growth over time that even though we weren't in communication for a little bit, they actually were, like you said, stalking in a sense, but in an actual professional manner in which once I actually had a product to offer and I offered it in a way that made sense for me to build a clientele, not a customer, but a clientele, they were interested in that product. The price point was right. The, the offerings were right. And the trust was built. Mm. So I think it goes back to this then. It goes back to this. It always comes back to this, especially if you do the non-traditional, we'll call it like the new way, the new marketing, right? If you do new marketing, you have to build content, whatever that means to you. I recommend you read the book. If you're listening right now and you like to read, even if you don't like to read, I recommend reading, even if you listen to the audiobook, the the first book by Gary V, Crush It by Gary V. Um, It goes into... 
the, he talks a lot about why content creation and, and content marketing is valuable. Uh, it's not so much practical way. There's some practicality in it, like some practical things that you could do. It's kind of out of date because he, <laughs> it's kind of like almost pre-YouTube days or early YouTube days, but it's still really good information and kind of puts things into perspective of why it's so important. Okay, but um, I do think you have to make content. In order for people to know that you exist, that you are accepting clients, you have to make content. Even if it's just an Instagram post. And I think that there's two, in my mind, um, I specialize in educational content, which I think is very great. There's, depending on what you're trying to do and how you're, because there's an end goal, right? So, uh, okay, let me go back to the example that I gave Michael Choi when we were on the video call. 20 minutes before Mike, I called Michael Choi, I had a friend call me and said, DK, I need advice getting people into a show. I'm hosting an event, a show, and I want some live bands there. Um, I need some, um, some advice here. Uh, this is the secret. This is the marketing mind of DK here. Uh, my band motion coaster that I had back in the day and that we don't really play anything anymore. Um, everybody's kind of adulted. Uh, but we, we sold out this local venue that was kind of notorious and it was very difficult to sell out because it was a small music town. We sold it out six out of seven times. Most people are very lucky to sell it out once. And, and here's the secret to why we sold it out, especially as a young band with no, with no followers, with no following, because we sold it out from our first show. The only one we didn't sell out was like our fourth one in because we just, I, just, I just didn't follow through with a lot of the marketing, a lot of the planning. Um, but here's the secret. And, and why, if, if people want to come to my show, and this is why, okay, I want you to think about how this relates to educational content and the reason why I put out educational content. If people want to come to my, if I want people to come to my show, and if I invite, if I invite you, you're just a friend, even if you're working in the music industry, I'm like, come to my show. Are you giving emotional money or taking emotional money to come to my show? I'm giving emotional money. Yeah, like you're like, oh, I'm going because he's my friend. Not because you want to go, but because he's my friend. If you go at all. I've literally had that conversation in the past where they're like, why are we going to this? I'm like, just support. Exactly. So you're just, giving. In, yeah. in order to go, you're giving emotional energy. Okay, this is really interesting. Now, what if I told you, it's like, oh yeah, sure, I'm playing. But more importantly, there's going to be 400 people there and it's sponsored by a hot dog company. And you'll get free hot dogs there. Also, you're gonna get uh, a bunch of T-shirts because there's free swagger there. There's gonna the room's gonna be full because it's a dance party. Yeah. Now I'm uh, now I'm selling the social aspect. Yeah. It's like now if it's a social thing, oh, there's gonna be lots of people there. Oh, there's gonna be free food there. One of my concerts, we gave out otai, which is like Polynesian smoothies. It's that's like a really really simple way of explaining it. But like fruit smoothies, Polynesian fruit smoothies, otai, and we're giving them out. And, and another show, we gave out free hot chocolate outside the venue as well. And and they were always packed. I mean, like from the first one, you know it was going to be packed. And every time we made a poster, it was dance party at the velour or at the venue with motion coaster. You know, I don't know about giving hot chocolate after because I feel like I'd feel bloated and all dairy. It was outside when people were coming in. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was in the middle of winter because it's Utah as well, so it's cold. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, the point is I sold the social aspect. And yeah. we sold out the venue every single time. Almost every single time, except for one time. You know, if there's one thing that does get people through, and I think we've uh, seen this be true about even our events at the studio when uh, when COVID was less of an issue. Now that it's an issue again. But we're looking at free we, stuff yeah. really brings people around, even if it's hot chocolate, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And it's more, again, it's more about this. In that specific scenario, it was about the social aspect. Okay, so going back to the mixing engineer thing. Why would, how do I get people to trust me and come to my resources and partake in my content? Because once they're in the venue and then we play, 
the band, we've won them over. They love our music. We did offer a really great dance party, and then they became fans. But they didn't come because they knew us. They came because of the party. So it opened the door to a lot more potential uh, fans as well, rather than just a group of our friends. We don't yeah. need the, our friends to be fans. We need people that have never heard us to come. And because it was a dance party, a bunch of people that had never heard us before came. And of course, we over-delivered with our performance. Okay, so coming back to this, how do we do this? Okay, why do I make educational content? It's, it's because of the same sort of thing. I'm teaching you how to make a compressor. You don't, at, at the early stages, when you're first marking, finding interest, you're not coming to me and watching my YouTube video because I'm DK. You initially come to me because you want to know more about this compressor. <laughs> yes. And then you find out, oh, DK knows what he's talking about. Lou knows what he's talking about. And then you, you become even more devoted fans. And then eventually you're going to convert into a customer and then convert into a client. It's inevitable. Or, and if you don't convert all the way to client, then at least you know what the path is. You know yeah. what to do. So it's, there's, this is why they call it the funnel. There's different steps in how a, com, like a customer kind of qualifies themselves and converts themselves into a deeper, deeper until they, the sale, right? So on that note, you know, you could buy, <laughs> you could buy our stuff. No, no, no. But uh, uh, mixedmusicpodcast.com, you know, <laughs> check out all of our just, sponsors. Just go to our affiliates. Yeah, check out our sponsors list. If you, if you purchase anything from our sponsors on mixedmusicpodcast.com, we get a little kickback. We're thankful. I if you're ever interested in even the microphones that we use, they sound amazing, don't they? Yeah, these microphones, actually, if you talk to Lou, if you DM Lou on Instagram, at Mastered by Lou, he, can, he may be able to hook you up with a great deal on these actually, microphones. Actually, I did just help out somebody. Uh, I'm blinging on his name right now because I, I don't want to forget Andrew Masters' name right now because I wanted to bring him up as an example. Ooh, but yeah. uh, I looked into him a little more uh, because of the reach out that we did. But uh, Andrew Masters is a YouTube uh content creator within the realm of studios and home studios yeah and he's in nashville yeah i just Good didn't YouTube want to forget channel. his name but we did uh well i got reached out to on instagram somebody hit me up they're like hey are you still working with Lawton? are you able to like help me find a good deal i'm like yeah and it turns out we actually saved him a pretty good chunk of pennies Okay, so you're okay. Going back to the Loudon thing. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but no, yeah, no, so no, if you but want we're a done with that now. Yeah, we're for, if you want a Loudon microphone, just hit up Lou. Mass app mastered by Lou. Yeah, but uh, on the Andrew Masters thing, because I wanted to use him as an example, um, we talked about perceived value, uh, the content creation, and what it is that will actually open the door for customers to become clients. The more they get to know us and build trust with us, right? Uh, what if you could say it in one sentence? Who? What is it that Andrew Masters does on YouTube? Makes home studio production based videos, high quality videos. Okay, that was so broad stroked that that could mean. I, I don't know. What did you want me to say? All right, he does a lot of studio tours. He talks about like building his own studio. What goes into like a quality room and quality recordings? But in a nutshell, in like a sentence, most people know him for doing the walkthroughs of many uh, underground but yet well known Nashville studios and studios around his. Uh, you know, state lines, from my understanding. But the funny thing is, I went to his website because I got more interested in him. And I was like, you know, he's a trusted resource at this point because not because he knows everything, but rather he's around enough people of influence that I want to know more about his influence. And with that said, I stumbled upon his services page and he's a drummer. 
So I yeah, thought, he's a session drummer, yeah. let me look into his drumming prices, but I didn't find the drumming prices first. In fact, what I saw first was his mixing prices. Um, we talked about credits being a factor or not. In this case, it's more social credits that he has than actual label credits, but his mixes cost $1,200 a mix. That's actually a lot higher than most people we know with actual credits or plaques. I know people who mix for like IDK, who's like killing it right now, and his mixes are cheaper. Yeah. But it's that social influence that gives a perceived value. Like I said, that because he's built so much trust with his, uh, you know, fans, that those who see the value in him that high will believe that that's a fair rate. I'm not saying that it's not a fair rate or not. I'm saying that you've created a sense of value so much so that let's say his price was cheaper a year ago. Like you said, the only reason you should raise your price is when you get so much work, you can no longer do it for the same price. Is that where he's at? Has his outreach to his fans through these YouTube videos helped his business that much? It's free. He's not charging you to go to YouTube. Absolutely. It's free a resource that is actually helping him build his business remotely. He doesn't have to stay in Nashville unless he wants to at this point. Absolutely. And and I think that this is what we're talking about is as an artist, as an engineer, here's another example. If you're going to run an ad, for example, if I were to run ads, what do you think would be more effective for conversions, for finding clients and customers, right? Um, if I ran an ad saying, hire me for my mixing mastering services, I'm available or... Mm-hmm. Check out this free podcast. Yeah. What's going to be more effective? Free. The free podcast thing. So smartbio.links, what I use on my Instagram, uh, it lets you know how many times something's been clicked. You know how many times the request a quote's been clicked versus the podcast? We're talking about like triple digit differences. Yeah. And and I think that there's a point there. And And yes, you'll have a smaller... Every person that clicks on request a quote is probably much more likely to convert than every person that clicked on the free thing. Yep. But you're going to reach a lot more people. It's about reachability at that exactly. point. You reach as many people as you can and you let them qualify themselves. Like what is – okay, so let's say that they request a quote and the conversion rate is 20% on 10 people versus conversion rate of 5% on 2,000 people. Well, I can't do quick maths that fast. Okay, I'm but, just saying, like, you're actually... But I'd rather make, have the 2,000 people. Yeah, exactly. 000. Like, if you created content, uploaded it to YouTube, and it stays there forever, but that content is actually constantly being viewed, and because of that, the level of trust that you build without having to do any active work to do it is helping you actually close more people. Even if it's at a lower rate, you don't actually have to actively do anything right now. The funny thing about sending out a million quotes is that you actually have to actually have the conversation versus somebody saying, book now. Yeah. And so, and this is a really great example. If you're listening right now, your prime example of my system working, our Mm -hmm. system working. And again, subjectively speaking, if I wasn't making this content, then I could argue that this is silly that you trust me in any sense or form. But at the same time, it makes complete sense of why you would have any sort of remote trust between me and Lou. Why would you trust Lou? Why would you trust me? Why have people even gone as far as to pay money to, for me? And, and <laughs> you know, it's because of the trust factor. And, and I've gone through educational content. If you're an artist, I would actually recommend going the other route, not educational content, but uh, entertainment content. Because, 
Okay, here's another great example. If as an artist, right? Um, I may have talked about this before. I, I I I repeat a lot of things because I think there's a lot of observations that I made. Anyway, I have a friend who makes who has over two hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, and he's a mechanical keyboard enthusiast, and he builds mechanical keyboards and mods them. And um, anyway, cool guy. You can check him out. Uh, Hippiotech is his his name. Anyway, he he started making music in the last few months, and this is really interesting. He has a non music based platform. It's about mechanical keyboards. You can't get nerdier than that. Yet he has better numbers and better monthly listeners, better download rates, and more followers on his personal music page than most independent artists that I know. I, I'm i sorry, I'm smiling because, not because of the, the, the influence differences, but when I think of a guy that's known for mechanical keyboards, I think of the clicking sound, and then I think of the music, and I'm like, what if part of the lyrics of the song was him typing the words, and you can hear the little clicks being typed away behind his lyrics, and that's like put into the music? I would absolutely buy that song. I wouldn't even listen to it. Money out of my wallet immediately. Don't need to listen to it. <laughs> But anyway, he does he does a really great job. And why does that happen? It's because he built content and built value for people. And now he's like the godfather. People think that they owe him favors, even though he actually would have made the videos regardless of whether people were watching or not. Yeah. You know, and and um, because of that, he's converted a lot of his mechanical keyboard fans into music fans. And this is genius I, and i love this idea like if you're an artist and your art your creation is a form of entertainment which it is because it's music then it's more important for you to be charismatic charismatic and to be a fun personality and to be entertaining than anything else you could be really educational yeah. if but if you're educational it's better that if you sell a product it, you have to think about your product what is your product and, and if your product is entertainment, which it is in the case of an artist, I recommend making entertainment content. If your product is mixing or mastering as some sort of service, then maybe educational content. But here's another thing that we need to talk about as well. Um, depending on how you word this, the one dumb thing that I'm doing that I could have done a better job with, I'm, I'm doing okay with it because uh, my audience speaks for itself. But if I made this truly a high-level mixing and mastering podcast, that would have been the dumbest thing to do. Because that's an extremely niche market. Yeah, it's a super niche market. More importantly, my clients are not other mix engineers. No, they're not. My clients. Yeah. So this is the reason why when you were deciding about going into mastering specifically, I thought that, that would have worked better for the Mixing Music Podcast and converting from the podcast because people that mixing engineers hire mastering engineers. Yes. So – what would have been a better idea as a mixer for me was make a podcast or content around producing or songwriting or recording. And, and granted, and I'm not doing this on purpose, like I'm not necessarily, I'm talking about whatever the heck I want to talk about. Um, but naturally the podcast has developed into, the content has developed into more uh, early to intermediate, some advanced stuff, uh, but the audience, anyway, I'm, I'm kind of exposing myself here. Actually, I'm going to give a shout out because of what you're saying, but you can continue. I'm going to look them up because I wanted to tell you this in person. But I think that it's it's really interesting. So I could have done a better job. I could have done a much better job converting-wise if I thought about my clients a little bit more. But I really just want to talk about mixing. Honestly, that's kind of why it started. And then it kind of kind of barrel rolled or snowballed into this whole entire thing, which is funny. Um, but anyway, uh, 
I would recommend if you're an engineer, make educational content, or at the very least, make entertaining content. I think that educational content, though, thinking about who your client is, is much more important um, if you're in the realms of service. Now, the funny thing is we talk about trust and uh, we forget to include sphere of influence, too. Because when you think about uh, who our client is, you also forget that there's other professionals that they need to trust somebody to offset work to or to even, uh, in our case, for this one that I was going to bring up, uh, book studio time with. The reason being is uh, shout out to John Will. I found out uh, this engineer is actually a listener of the podcast. He's not just any engineer either. He's actually Kevin Gates' personal engineer. So he's the one that did uh, a bunch of the major records and everything. Uh, he actually called into the studio looking to book some time to do a listening session with some people. Um, and uh, he's uh, he caught me off guard for a moment. He's like, is this Lou? I was like, uh, yeah. He was like, dude, I love the podcast. I listen to it, this and that, like you and DK, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, this is cool. Like the funny thing is like – we talk about all the things to do professionally and how to build trust, how to actually, like today's episode, focus on clients and not on customers necessarily. We're reaching out to customers, but we're looking to have our clients stay and reach out to us. But this is the perfect example of how you know somebody who uh, normally is just listening to the podcast is looking to go somewhere where they can trust and they believe is going to be of uh, quality that is adequate for their needs. And I'm happy to say we've seemingly convinced John that we are, and I'm really glad that we're going to have him tomorrow in the studio. So we'll have to visit him uh, before his session starts to say hi. And, and, yeah, and I think going back to it, if we didn't make this content, if he didn't listen to the podcast, let alone would if he we really didn't make us? it, would he trust us? Would yeah. he know us? There's That's no, the thing, reason, like, no reason. Why the would reality he? is like we're not just looking to help out our clients, but even the content that we create now is helping other professionals in our industry. And, and that in turn is – Helping us out. It may not be as evident as when we get booked as a mix or something, but the reality is one of the one of the things that you asked me on the year uh, recap, uh, or 2021 look behind what I forget what we called it. Yeah. But uh, you asked me like, what was the celebrations? My celebrations is when I see our clients are actually happy. They're satisfied. They love all the updates that we do, the upgrades that we actually keep them in mind. Um, it's really a great thing to get the messages when they're like, yo, like this last episode really helped me out a lot. You know, I've been battling this with my clients. That's not my client. That's another engineer in our industry that we seemingly improved the life of. And that's amazing. You know what? Those are the same people that when we were offering our discounted uh, consultations, those are the first people to actually reach out to us and say, you know what? I'd love a consultation. I'd love to learn a little bit one-on-one a little more. They may not be mixing with us, but we've built enough value in their life to where, you know, they will monetize you in another way if you give them that option. Not saying that that's what you guys need to do or anything, but it's really nice to know that we've seemingly helped more than just our clients. And so, and, and I'm going to leave, we've gone a little bit long, but I'm going to leave a thought with y'all. I'm going to give everybody listening right now some homework. And I'm give the same homework to Michael Choi. I'm going to force everybody listening right now to do the same amount of homework. Do I have to do it? Um, I will. I will make one... Um, what do you call uh, a precursor to this though is uh, Gary Vee talks a lot about this in his book is that it's very important to do what is in your DNA. For example, if you are very shy about showing your face, then maybe YouTube influencer or TikTok influencer is not the route for you. You know, maybe it's writing a book or 
working on a podcast, maybe you are all about the entertainment thing or you are willing to share your face, then maybe YouTube is for you. Maybe maybe TikTok is for you. Maybe Instagram is for you. Maybe Twitter is for you if you're not someone that wants to share your face because Twitter is a great place to monetize as well. That's a whole other category which I'm trying to improve in. Um, maybe you write blogs. I, I don't know, but the point is I want anybody, everybody right now that's listening. I challenge you. I give, I give you homework. And I, I, you need to write this down, whether digitally on your phone, on a computer, or you write it down with pen and paper. I need you to think of, think of five ways that you'd be willing to make content. Five ways. And then on top of that, what are you going to do? So for example, if one of your ideas was, I'm going to post on Instagram, then I want you to, underneath that, talk about how often you're going to do it and what you're going to do. I'm going to post an educational content with uh, a call to action every day or every at least three times a week. I need you to do this. Five ideas and, and one or two ways on how to execute each idea. Okay? This is homework, and I want you to get back to us and put, put it right down on the, go to come join our Discord and talk to us on the Discord of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to get better at. Um, and then maybe even find one of the things that I did in the past was have like a, a brain group, or like what is it, a thought group? Brainstorming? Brainstorming group where I'd meet with two or three other engineers that did similar content and were kind of motivating each other to do it. Like maybe you find someone, pe- some people like that, or a group of people like that on the Discord. You know, maybe I host it for the first few times and, and get people to share, exchange how they want to make content and find new clients. But I do think in the new age of marketing, you have to make content. It's inevitable. And that is the only way you cannot be shy. You cannot be shy. You have to put yourself out there. You have to be brave. I challenge you all to think of five ways to do it and, and get started. Start execute on making some content. Um, and I think, I think that kind of wraps up this episode. I think so. This is a very, I, I want to emphasize how important this episode is. If you've ever wondered the secret to, uh, me personally and, and lose success, um, this is it. This is the secret episode. And I really hope the way uh, that you take a lot from this. And I really hope that you take this to heart. Uh, it sucks to make content. It, it's a lot of work and everybody has mental issues and reasons why they might want, want to get in front of a camera and do what a blah, make content or put themselves out there. It's scary. How long did I not it. want to do it when we first met? Yeah, there you go. It, it took you a minute to come around, but now you're starting to do a lot more. I think in the last year I started singing in front of clients. <laughs> there you go. So um, be brave, push forward, find new clients, happy mixing my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three. Are you trying to find the perfect distribution platform to get your music on Spotify and Apple? I personally use and love DistroKid. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash DistroKid to get a small discount and get access to a platform with unlimited uploads for a yearly fee. Happy uploading and enjoy the show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.